Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for the five-star ratings on iTunes. Please let everybody know what we're doing over here. Five-star ratings is how people find us. So if you listen to other MMA podcasts or something like Rogan's podcast or Fighter and the Kid, uh, they'll also get ours as well. So thank you so much. In the house today, we got the great Ray Longo. Welcome, sir. That's great to be here. It is great to be here. Dr. Sherry's in the house. We've got the UFC, Caitlin Chukagian in the house. Welcome, welcome. Getting ready to head over to Toronto. Yep. Exciting. Yeah. Big fight. Yes, definitely. Feeling good. Big implications on this fight. I'd say so. I mean, Dana hasn't said that to me, but I'm going to say it to him. So, <laughs> Well, and I've read a little bit about you where you you do like to let your fights speak for you. Mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I mean, I've never really been good at, like, you know, talking crap or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I'm just not super into that. That's more of, like, entertainment and acting side, which I'm not an entertainer, an actor. I'm a fighter. So I usually just like to do that. And then... You know, a win's a win for me, so if I just keep winning, then the opportunities will come. And it's exactly what you're doing. You keep, yeah. you keep winning. You have uh, number nine, Jessica I, up next in Toronto, UFC 231. Feeling good. You said yeah. you had a great training camp. Yeah. This was, I mean, I feel like it's, like, repetitive. I say it every time, like, oh, this is the best training camp, but... You know, each camp I feel like I'm maturing as a as an athlete and kind of becoming more professional, not just winging it, you know? Um, I think before I used to just love training and I would just like train every day and be like, all right, what am I going to do this day, this day? Uh, you know, train as much as I can. And now I think I've become a little bit smarter with training. So I think that was probably the biggest difference in this camp than my previous ones. Is, is that how it works, right, where where – a fighter comes to you after a fight like like Caitlin do you do you say okay I I won this last fight but these are the adjustments I clearly need to make or these are the, I have to adjust in, in coaches and training and diet like how does that work and then do you uh, approach your coach yeah I mean I think I'm like kind of a perfectionist so like the second I'm like walking to the locker room after and I'm like oh I should have did this this part you know even oh, if wow, I, that quickly yeah I'm pretty like I know it right away like oh I should have did this this wasn't working I got to do this more you just kind of the best way to feel that isn't through sparring it's through the actual fight which can be mm-hmm. unfortunate sometimes you have to you know get hit with something in a real fight to kind of know what you need to work on uh, but yeah usually I kind of have a feel of what I need and what I need to work on for the next camp, regardless who I'm fighting. And then I talk to like all my coaches about it. And, and sometimes it's pretty obvious, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you keep getting taken down and there was, you were making mistakes, obviously that's what you're going to work on. If uh, there's no head movement, I mean, it's always pretty obvious if it's goes to that extreme and yeah. Mo- and and these, you see it pretty quickly. Yeah. And these people, they know what they're doing too. I mean, so they, they have a good feel for it. So, I think it's always good when you have a fighter who wants to make those adjustments. I think there's some people who tend to want to just stay within what they know and not make that that leap yeah. to something yeah. new. So that's credit to and, you. And there's certain guys, like I'll say, don't even hit the mitts anymore. You just work your wrestling. You know what I mean? And that that's how extreme it has to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Now, do they listen? No. Because, you know, the guys that like to strike like to strike. But, uh, but look, Bazooka... A lot of people, and I didn't see the fight because I was with uh, Mizuki in Oklahoma, but uh, there are some people thought he won that fight. He's not one of them, so he's, no, he's, he's a good not. kid. And I tell you what, the second I got back, he was working his wrestling and had to get off the cage because he definitely landed the more effective strikes, but the guy controlled him more against the cage. didn't do anything, so he came right out of that fight. And a loss like that is a good way to learn, you know what, let me just take care of this now. I didn't get beat up. The the window and the wind right. does nothing for the other guy because he did absolutely nothing except hold him there. And if you get the wrong ref and he's not breaking you all the time, yeah. So, but it was good to see like a guy like Bazooka come right off, who's a good striker and who has wrestling and jujitsu. But you know, he fought a bigger guy. You know, he should probably be fighting a forty-five. He fought a fifty-five against a guy that was coming down from uh, one seventy. And that was the difference in the fight. So it's not, it's it's a loss, but you know what? That loss I'll take to grow from, you know. Do you have a particular fight, Caitlin, that you, uh, in particular, that you felt like you learned the most from? Whether um, it's a win or a loss? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think 
uh, I have one loss, and I definitely think I learned, you know, the most from that. It was uh, my second UFC fight, and I lost the split decision. It was, you know, it was my first fight in the UFC was on, like, two weeks' notice. So it was kind of just like, all right, here you go. I didn't have time to think about it. So it was, like, my first real, like, UFC fight. Um, I fought Liz Carmouche, who had, you know, fought for the title before I even had an amateur MMA fight. So it's kind of against someone that I've, like, looked up to and watched. And, you know, at that time, I think maybe I kind of underestimated myself and, you know, was like, oh, I'm I'm coming up to her level rather than being like, no, like, I'm at this level. This is where I belong. And I think even though I lost that fight – I think I gained like the most confidence from that because I'm like, even though I lost, I was like, oh, I just this is where I'm supposed to be, like, you know, just because some of these girls a have, mindset, yeah. yeah. And, and look, a split decision, somebody had you win in the fight, <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? So you you could always, you know, the glass is half empty, half full, but somebody had her win in that fight, you know. So you know, it, those those decisions, you know, I mean, Aljo's lost. Two split decisions, I think, two or three that I thought he won. You know what I mean? So those fights are big, growing fights, and I think you do learn from them. And they're not. It's not like you're getting hammered. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a different. It's a close fight. You know. Did you see the boxing last night? Yes, I did. Did you agree? With the draw. Uh, he, he, this is a really tricky one. A hundred percent. It was the wrong. Well, he, he, here's where it, it comes down to. And I think uh, Malinaji said it because they start looking at highlights. If you look at the highlights, it's looking like Wilder, that the, the draw wasn't a problem. But if you go round by round, he unequivocally lost that fight. And whoever the judge was that gave it the to other way. that that 115 to 111 is just ludicrous. There was no way you could have thought Wilder was winning those rounds because for a while it looked like he's just getting exposed. Like, you know, he... He's got a, a right hand, and that's about it. And the guy kept missing with it. Um, uh, so, yeah, the decision was was brutal. But for two heavyweights, two guys that are like 6'9", or whatever they are, they didn't gas out. And it was in, and here's where it gets tricky. It was an entertaining fight. It was. So at the end of the day, a draw, you might say, all right. You know, I do think, look, obviously Wilder did more damage in his two rounds than the other guy did probably in the whole fight. But to score it on boxing terms, he unequivocally lost the fight. But again, it was exciting as everything you want in the fight. The guy's winning the fight. You know he's winning. And then he gets flattened he, in the his fifth. Head almost came I off. mean, in the 12th round. I thought and, his and head I, was going to come off. And I got to tell you, man, I'm so used to, in MMA, that fight's over because there's no count. So <laughs> right away, when you, you're like that, the fight's over. Got up, I Undertaker mean, style. Kudos, kudos to the ref. But not calling it immediately, giving him a count. And I'm saying as he's counting, this guy's not getting up. And then like at seven, it was like Frankenstein. He just started to I'm like, wow. And not only did he get up, he won the remainder of that round. He hurt him. Uh, not maybe just as bad, but he rocked him. He hit him in the well, against the ropes on the other side. That was a I could have negated the 10 8 round. But to see a guy get flattened like that and come up and keep on fighting and finish the fight strong. It's everything you want in a fight. So that's where it gets tricky because... So not as much of a black eye to boxing as, as other decisions have been. Right. Only because of just the, the dynamics of what was going on. But the guy that scored it for for uh, Wilder... It, it's no accountability. Her, it's horrendous. Horrendous. And We had know. someone write into you, Dave Spivey, on Twitter. He wrote, Ray Longo, how can these decisions in boxing continue... With the amount of money bet on these fights, I expect to see an investigation or some kind of government intervention. He's writing this to you because you famously say there's no accountability. Yeah, there is no accountability, and there's not going to be an investigation. It's part of the culture of boxing at this point. It's almost like you expect it. And, you know, they'll make a rematch, and they'll make money. So at the end of the day, I think everybody will make out from it. People uh, will buy it. People will buy. Yeah, I think people I'd buy, buy that it. fight again. Well, they, well, more people buy it than bought the Liddell Ortiz three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which I think so. Which comes in estimated. So there's numerous numbers being thrown around for the Liddell Ortiz uh, pay per view. Uh, objective accounts put it at about twenty five thousand buys. 
that's and, awful. And they're putting it the highest 40, at 40,000. Yeah. Wow. So somewhere uh, between 25,000 and 40,000 buys in the week. See, that, um, that's, a, that's a wake up call. Delahoya estimated it uh, leading uh, up to the fight that it would be somewhere between 200,000 and 400,000. Yeah. I mean, think of how that's a, talk about a wake up Talk about a wake up call <laughs> to two guys that think they're big draws. I mean that's got to be. That that's what that, people want to see. That's almost insulting. Well, well, there's a there's a difference. So so this is for the entertainment model, which Caitlin brought up, which which one FC is not doing, which are, they're going out of their way to say, hey, if you're part of this new entertainment model that hit Western MMA, we don't want any part of it. One so right. FC, of course, recently signing Sage Northcutt, where they specifically said um, that they'll. Uh, They'll evaluate their new members uh, on on comportment as well as talent. Right. You know, your behavior matters, so they don't want any of this. It's interesting to see for the new entertainment model of UFC that Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook follows and conversations don't necessarily translate to pay-per-view buys. That's going to be interesting for them to see because there was a lot of buzz um, – in Google, Google's searches for this fight were equivalent to when a UFC has has uh, a few hundred thousand viewers. That's interesting. So there was buzz, but nothing that translated to buying the paper. Why, why, what's the what? what explanation well, that's that's that something be? that marketing people are going to have to look at for what's the difference between social media analytics and someone paying money. Right. Well, right. I think yeah, it could be that. Like, like we talked they, about yeah, it, they, but they're, 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 pay they're willing and they're willing enough to talk about it, but they're not coming up with. And that $50. boxing model yeah. is not going to work. We were we were speaking, uh, Caitlin here, of course, fighting at UFC two thirty one. Uh, we were speaking about how stacked these cards are. The UFC model works for that. You yeah. have so many good fights on one card, so you have the prelims, everything going up to you're going to buy it. Uh, where the boxing model is, you have one or two good fights at most on the whole card. Right. And that just doesn't work for a $40 pay-per-view. Yeah, I think when you for UFC, there's so many good fights. And, you know, you all the fights are good, not just the, the main and co-main event. Right. Um, so, like, you know, for me, if I'm going to spend money on it, it's kind of like an all-night thing. You yeah. know, we, you buy the pay-per-view, you know, if it's like 60 bucks, but that's like hours of yeah, your yeah, night yeah, at yeah. home That's you know so what cool, i mean yeah. it's not like 60 bucks for you know for, for 15 minutes right yeah for it's a whole night but like all those other cards it's like you're only watching that no matter how much you love right. the sport you're not watching the other the other well, fights. when hbo used to do it they'd show like the last two fights right, the whole right, night exactly. would be yeah. at most the last two Unless you had old school Tuesday night fights, remember that on usa oh, awesome that was like the undercard fights. And they, and they made those work too man even ESPN two did those uh, Friday on U- night on fights. USA, but yeah, again, folks. not charging you for it. Right. So and I think the other thing with the UFC, and I'm not, I'm just not, don't want to go there, but they're able to put on a lot of good fights because a lot of the guys ain't making the type of money they should be making. And if they were making those, if they were making the right amount of money, they probably have to go more towards the boxing model and cut back on a couple of fights. So I think it's a double edged sword there. That's a really interesting yeah. point, which is which is another great point of how One FC now picks up Sage, Northcut. Right. So obviously, giving him num- no numbers are released, but giving him a, a monetary amount that UFC couldn't match or wasn't interested in matching anyway. I'm wondering how that uh, look. Pays I'm out. concerned if the UFC is going to match anybody anymore. When's the last time they matched somebody? I, yeah, I, I, don't yeah know. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the the issue. I think they're sending a real clear cut message. It's like it's like all the way at a highway. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I, I mean, I think they they're kind of reeling in the 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 McGregor effect. Right. So, I think that might be a it might be a delayed effect of that. Is like you know before this gets out of hand, let's do it. Go like to that. one yeah. FC. Yeah, right. Go ahead and go. And I'm sure yeah. there is money to be made there. Their their business model. I'm super interested in that business model. As I am in the PFL's business model, I, would, I just want to see how it works. I'm really interested to know how they can make that work. It's it's a little bit of magic to me. I think the difference between like one FC and PFL is like PFL. I'm not like super confident. Like, is it going to be around for another season? Like, or right. another? You know, you don't know about that. But like one FC, you know, 
when they have fights, like the streets are mobbed with fans. Like I saw because yeah. I trained with Gary Tonin, and when he, you know, him and all all the other guys were there, were like behind the scenes. When he's walking into the arena, they need like crazy security. Yeah. There's wow. like a yeah. mob of people outside, wow. and I've I fought on the first ever. Like I fought at MSG uh, 205. It was like the first ever um, MMA event in New York, and it was nothing. Like you could, I could, you could walk right out the hotel. There was like maybe four or five people wanting autographs. Right. So, you know, it was nothing like that in New York City for wow. the first event. Like McGregor, well, but, the bu- but the buzz in MSG was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'm saying I I'm, just think they're losing that sight because what you're saying, I do agree with. Ten years ago, man, I could tell how big the event was in the hotel lobby. There'd be a hundred people. Mm-hmm. You'd have to take people through the back door because they were people waiting. No kidding. And, yeah, now you don't see that much anymore. You just yeah. don't for whatever reason. Um, and I, I, I still think like what I said last week with uh, the Asian market. I mean, Suzaki's fighting in Japan you on New Year's it. Eve. Uh, Thirty-seven thousand people arena sold out already. Now they're saying like in Japan. It's a tradition to go to an MMA event on New Year's. I mean, I don't oh, know how. Wow. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what uh, yeah. the interpreter told me. Which is, but thirty-seven thousand people—that's a big venue, and it's sold out already. Now, granted, Mayweather's supposed to be fight. He's still supposed to be fighting, so I don't know if that had a lot to do with it. But it looks like there's still a thirst for that market. I don't know who would be fighting that the UFC could sell out thirty, you know, thirty-seven thousand seat arena i mean we know it would have to be mcgregor against uh somebody but um you need a lot of those, it would have man. to be mcgregor against uh brock lesnar mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> exactly that's the fight that would that would get that going yeah. how, how has is there a difference between when you got your first ufc fight what you thought it was going to be like is there a difference to to what it's actually like um like, did you romanticize it more than it actually is, or or the other way around? Did you did you feel that being a professional fighter was would be uh, less daunting than it is? I mean, I guess growing up, I would always think like, oh, a professional athlete is so crazy. Like growing up, I would see you know football players and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's insane. But like even before I became pro in MMA, like I realized like. Maybe I picked the wrong sport because I'm getting punched in the face and they're not making as much money as other sports. But um, but that was never really an issue for me because it's just what I love. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, for me, I think I kind of knew what to expect just because I'm around a lot of people that also fight in the UFC. So it's kind of like not a big deal because I'm right. around everyone that that's been doing it for years. So I've been, uh, you know, I've seen it. Um. I remember before, like, my first UFC fight, I was training, and Eddie Alvarez was like, ah, it's just the same thing, just a different different lights. He's like, that, he's like, it's the same exact fighter that you're fighting at. Like, I was fighting regionally, and he's like, it's the same exact thing. It's just UFC's job to make it seem like it's a bigger deal, but it's not any bigger deal than when you fought your first fight in a gymnasium. And I just always kind of remember that, and I kind of always thought that, like, when I fought at MSG, they're like, how does it feel to fight at MSG? Like, even after, I was like, I don't know. I don't really think about that till after. It just feels like, feels cool like the same thing. to say afterwards I fought at MSG, right? Yeah, like, after, I mean, after I, like, went back to the hotel, I showered, I came back to the arena um, to watch some of the later fights I met with my parents, and I was sitting there watching the main event, and I'm looking in the stands, I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, wait, I just fought there. Exactly. I think in yeah. the future, you're going to be very happy to say, yeah. I fought on the first card in the New yeah. York at... MSG, because even as a boxer, that was always the pinnacle. Can I fight at the Garden? And that's why the most famous arena. And that's why the Golden Gloves always was. That's a huge thing getting those Golden Gloves and fighting at the uh, the theater at the Garden. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was. It should have. It should be symbolic of something. But like what Eddie says, it really is just another fight. But I think when you go back and reflect on it, it's a really cool thing, man. I think it's great advice. Because yeah. it allows you to focus on what you're doing. And yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't let it take you out of your game, but the reality of it is, man, you fought at the garden. And a lot of yeah. people can't say that. I remember in college, most, I was. Yeah. Most people you know, can't say that. In uh, in college, I was competing in boxing, and I did the Golden Gloves, and I remember I uh, lost in like the semifinals, and I was like, 
oh, no, that was like, if I would have won, I would have fought at the Garden. I was like, oh, my God, well, now I'm not doing boxing anymore. Like, I never, I'll never fight at the Garden because now I'm just doing MMA. You so see? it was kind of, you know, yeah. it was kind of cool. A and then redemption. to do it in my, my main sport. So wait, are you like a, a lifelong combat sports enthusiast? Uh, yeah, I mean, I started karate when I was four. And then I've just kind of like always done some type of martial arts. Oh, wow. Like, and then I was doing like kickboxing and boxing in high schools when I started competing. And then like I would do a couple. I did a, in high school. I did like a few jujitsu tournaments. But I mean, ju the level of jujitsu was definitely a lot different than I mean, I it was more like self defense right. type, you know. And then uh, like in college, I wanted to do MMA, but there wasn't that many girls to get fights, so I would do more boxing and kickboxing fights just because it was easier to find competition. Did you come from like an athletic family or what? Um, my both my parents were swimmers. Uh, like my whole family was very into sports. Uh, I did like every sport, you know, soccer, softball, field hockey when I was a kid. Uh, but I always like martial arts was always like my main thing. Um, in high school, uh, I did field hockey and I was like on varsity all four years, and then I quit halfway through like your senior year is supposed to be like a big deal and I quit halfway because I'm like well I gotta fight I got a kickboxing <laughs> fight so I can't I can't do both right That's now funny. and it was like nothing for me to like you know that was always my main thing my I got involved with it because my older brother he's four years older than me he was doing karate so I kind of grew up in the gym and I just wanted to do whatever he did so now you fight at the garden. Yeah. That's it. And, <laughs> I, and I tell you, we were, I didn't know you at the time, but yeah. there was a gloves and that would be 10 years ago. We were in Corona. Uh-huh. I think uh, Christina yeah. Rosa had a girl, Christina Rosa for Heather, Heather Hardy. I don't know. Who'd you fight that night? I think night? that's when I fought Christina Cruz. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, Cruz yeah. was there that night yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that I lost and didn't get to fight yeah. in the garden. Yeah, yeah. She was hard to beat. Yeah. Rosa lost to her like four times. Yeah. Half the times I... You know, some of the times I thought she won, but yeah. she was so hardwired. Oh, no, first of all, Christina Cruz was a great fighter, though. Mm -hmm. but, but she was so hardwired into amateur boxing. She had like uh, 100 fights, yeah. and I was doing kickboxing, and they're just like, here, do going gloves. There's a bunch of girls. Just don't kick yeah. and go in there. And I was like, all right, whatever. And go. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So I'm in um, Matt's fight in St. Pierre. In the rematch in Montreal, and that's on Saturday, and Christina was uh, fighting uh, Christina Cruz in the finals at the Garden, right? The night before. The night before. before. So I said, mm -hmm. Matt, it doesn't matter. You know, sure. I, you know we, oh, no, God, we're all squared away. And he had a guys to train with. And, you know, training was done, and Montreal's not that far of no, a hike, so right. you, you're done at that point anyway. But I'll never forget, I'm sitting in the uh, dressing room. There's a guy just staring at me, like, for a while, you know? And then, like... Yeah, I'm just walking around, and after a half hour, he goes, "Aren't you supposed to be somewhere?" You know, like, <laughs> I go, "Yeah, I'll be leaving right after this." But yeah, but he was like, That's he was funny. confused. He was like, "You're at the garden, but I know you're supposed to be because I was <laughs> got a big fight." Huge yeah, fight, yeah. But, uh, she lost a great, great fight to Christina Cruz that yeah. night. But it was, uh, it was good, and it was exciting, and it was the garden. It, it meant something, and uh, that's it. You know, Madison Square Garden, and it also goes to show. When you when you both reflect back on how many fighters that that, ha, that you've encountered, it goes to actually show how few make it to this elite stage. You know, like that that even you mentioned uh, Matt to to be a Hall of Famer, and already you're already at the point zero zero one percent of professional athletes who get to this level, and then to become a Hall of Famer on top of it to get. To, to to be in line for a title shot. I mean that that's an, a, a ridiculous a ridiculous level of achievement that probably won't hit you until later. Yeah. Kind of like the MSG thing, but but uh, all your coaches who who I talk to they say great things. A lot of people have have high hopes for you. And as you go into to fight uh, Jessica I, do you? I know you won't give you know game plans or anything, but do you do you feel like you're like you've arrived at that point where you could be in the mindset of like this is. This yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much since I I started MMA, I was like, I want to be a world champ. It wasn't like, oh, like you know, some people have different goals, and some people are, I just want to make it to the UFC to say I made it. Like I kind of, you know, without sounding like too cocky, I knew I would be in the UFC. Like I was, it was just a matter of time, and that wasn't like enough for me to just like just be in the UFC and like you know 
have like two or three fights. Like that wasn't enough. Like I knew I wanted to be there, you know, since for the last like 10 years, even before they had women in the UFC, I was like, oh, uh, okay. Some of these girls are doing strike force. I don't really know what that is, but that's what I'm going to win. Whatever, like the highest you, you were ready. Win. Yeah. Now the, qu- the question is, if you become a world champion, will you come back on MMA and beyond? That's the <laughs> question. Will. Everybody yeah. wants to yeah, okay, so We got a commitment. <laughs> come back we do have a belt. commitment, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'll come <laughs> back with the, belt. with the belt. We'll put it but, on the table. But you've always been, you've always been someone who, who wants to step up. I was telling you before, I was really impressed. Uh, before before knowing you, I'd seen you training with my dear friend Jenny Nadell some, mm-hmm. and and uh, I remember seeing somebody fell out of a fight or something in Texas, and you tweeting or writing, "I'm here, yeah, I'm here, oh, yeah, I can do yeah. this now." And and I remember texting Jenny and saying, "Your friend's badass, man. <laughs> she she's there and she's she's ready." And and that's that kind of mindset is is what gets you there. Yeah, I mean, I fought a couple like maybe a little over a month before that and then the I fought on a Saturday and that Wednesday I was doing pat the following Wednesday I was doing pads with my uh one of my striking coaches PJ and I posted on Instagram I put getting ready for Dallas and that was like the that card and everyone's like wait are you fighting I'm like well no but just in case someone pulls mm-hmm. out like you know I'm, I'm training any I train all the time anyway so if I was a title fight and I'm at the top and I see that it's there I'm like okay I'm gonna be ready and then you know, it was funny because I was there at, in Dallas when Nico Montano, uh, you know, was pulled out of the fight. So I was like, I'm here. I'm ready. And uh, but unfortunately, it was like they the UFC was texting me. They're like, can you make weight by 10, 10 a.m.? And it was like nine, <laughs> like nine thirty eight. I was like, well, no, I definitely can't. I was like, I can't make it in 20 minutes. But like when she went to the hospital at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m., right, right, whenever right. you probably sh- you know, or they weigh you in on Tuesday. They probably knew, like, hey, she's, you know, she's, she's kind of heavy, right or now. she's kind of heavy. Maybe we should have some backup. Do you, do you think it's weird we haven't even heard her name mentioned since no. that day? Nothing. Like, I kind I feel bad for her. No, though. I feel bad for a hundred percent. You know, it's like, what ha- is there a backstory? No, I don't know. She just didn't make weight, or, uh, I mean, she didn't make weight, but that fight looked like. Like even for an athletic commission to let that fight happen, they're not letting that fight happen under other circumstances. I could guarantee you that. Well, I mean, she only had like. Yeah. I mean, that was basically gonna be. I mean, the other the other girls probably got seventy fights altogether. Yeah. But that's how the setup. That's like the UFC was like, we're gonna do Ultimate Fighter. All the girls (laughs) on the Ultimate Fighter weren't in the UFC. So right. the winner of that's going to win the title and then they're going to have to fight. So it's like you're getting thrown right into it where it's like if you didn't try out for Ultimate Fighter, they needed a new division. You probably would have got signed yeah. anyway and you would have been able to work your way up and, you right. know, not she be needed, in that She position. needed some growing fights for that. That was – I can't even – I don't know. That that didn't sound good. And she didn't – she wanted originally when they made her – because she had a whole bunch of injuries and stuff after. She had a couple surgeries. And then they kept pushing her to fight Valentina. And she was like, no, I need more time. Like, well, you need to take it or not. She's like, okay. She took it. And then that happened. I think she, like, a lot of the girls on the show from making weight all that time, um, they all, like, kind of had trouble cutting weight then after. And plus she had surgery. Right. And so she was, like, not in shape. And then they made her take it right away when she wasn't ready. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. I think that was... It probably was fortunate that it happened, though, for yeah. everybody. Yeah. No one really wanted to see that. Yeah, I don't think anybody. Uh, so like, hopefully, she'll be able to come back and, and get some yeah, more experience. Yeah, I mean, let her get, let get in there, get her feet like wet, and, you know, take some of the pressure off her. That's a lot yeah. of pressure, man. Yeah. You know? You know, like, when they do some of the other, you know, when they're bringing in champions like they did from other little organizations, you were at least a champion of something. Right. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. Which means something. It's... I don't know. Chris, who does production? Oh, I, wait, I, wait, Chris, we have a let's address the white elephant uh, yeah, in the room. It's Chris, who I mean, does gotta, production stuff? I forgot to press my timer. Am I good on time? We are good on time. Nice. Right, listen, okay. Chris, Chris, the producer. Let me let me Chris, take over here. Who produces no, the show? Uh, there was a personal request from one Mr. Matt Serra. He asked if we could call you Chris the janitor. And I think that's kind of insulting. No, seriously. I really feel like that's kind of insulting. He, you know, he can't comprehend there's two guys with the name Chris that produce podcasts. This for him 
It's like when he, this to him is like when he discovered (laughs) gluten-free cookies. This is like (laughs) unbelievable. I had to hear about the gluten-free cookies. Now it's all about Chris the producer that we're copying him. (laughs) Can you verify that your name is Chris? It is Chris. And you are a producer. And you do production. Right. Do do you have any janitorial skills at all? (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay, so I think I'm glad we... I'll jump in there I'm glad we got that. I'm glad we got that settled because... That was, that was really good. funny. <laughs> that was really funny. Hey, on it, Ray Longo. Oh man, I'm on it. I'm on it. On it is a health. Caitlin, and are fit- you on it? I'm always on it. She's, She's always on it. On it. See, oh, they're Doc, a health and fitness juggernaut, right. dedicated to delivering total human optimization to its vast customer base of athletes, thinkers, fitness gurus, and entrepreneurs. If you use on it, make sure you use our promo code MMA Beyond. Get ten percent off. Uh, and also, if uh, you don't use on it, how dare you? Start on it.com slash MMA Beyond. They have everything except for hats with little pom poms on it. Oh, wow. Nobody. <laughs> N- more people watch the, the Ortiz Liddell fight than want that hat. Oh. Uh. We have, if, you, if you have any questions for the show, MMA and Beyond.com, or you could reach out to us through social media. And uh, we're going to get some questions now. We have Bridget or Brigitte. Uh, question for Caitlin. Whoa. Hi, guys. Love this show. My question is for Caitlin. Do you see the UFC ever doing an all-woman's card? Also, what was the atmosphere like for women getting into MMA when you started out to compared to today? Um, for the all-women's card, a couple of people have asked me this before. And they're like, oh, would you want that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, definitely not. I don't know. I just think the UFC does such a good job at not like differentiating the men and the women, and I think it should stay that yeah, way. I can see an old woman's caught on like a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a cocksucker. No, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I don't put that. I'm, I'm only joking. Monday yeah. night would actually be better. Monday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> like how it's just you know don't make it any just different fighters. yeah it's just the yeah. same thing and i that's what i love about it is that it's not any different for guys and girls and you know i know invicta does like the all women shows and i kind of just always like i don't know how just, do they do uh i was that one i thought the show they ran the show invicta did a great job they ran it well i never saw so many pregnancy tests in all my life <laughs> in one night it was Kind of harsh. It's got to be uh, emotional during yeah. that weight cut for an all-women's card. Yeah, that, that wasn't looking too good. But uh, besides yeah. that, it was a great card. And uh, I thought they did a really good job. And I thought the crowd was – I think the crowd was pretty good. I mean, how are they going to sustain – you know, it just takes a lot, man. I don't know. I hope they have a good deal with Fight Pass and, you know, they can pick up some money to cover the expenses. But it was really run well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you fought for Invicta before? No. No, it was, it was really run well and uh, – uh, I thought it was good. So it wasn't bad. Look, I was, even the other night, I wanted to see that, the uh, 145 title fight between uh, and or Chason and uh, the Iranian girl. I forget her name. Pani Kiez. I, I can't <laughs> sure. pronounce these names. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Nobody help him. Nobody help yeah, him. Yeah, somebody, Nobody help him. Chris, Chris the janitor, please. Show me a lifeline, please. Chris production. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but I, that fight was good. It was a great fight. So I'm I, I'm thinking the girls are looking good, man. If they're, they're fighting, I think the fights are great. And uh, I don't think an old girls' car would be that that bad. You know, I could see them doing that. Uh, to you to your point though, all of the women that I've dealt with in the back have all said that they like the fact that they're that they're treated as fighters mm-hmm. and not seen as women fighters. Um, and you know that they hope for the future that that's that's the way they're going to be seen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Th- that works. Yeah, that works, especially if it's if it's done you know across the board that way. Yeah, I think that works. And I think as far as as far as competition, I think that some of those fights are incredibly exciting, especially the way it's this this card this weekend is going to mm-hmm. be fantastic. The way that shapes up. Yeah, there's a. I think there's like three girl fights on this card. Like the last like two cards that I fought on, there was at least three, they're, they're three all fights. Good fights. They're man. all good they're fights. All good fights, mm-hmm. man. They really are. I'm gonna switch from fighting. Sean O'Brien. He writes uh, subjects watching. You haven't talked movies or TV series in a while. <laughs> what are you all watching? Oh, that's fun. 
I went uh, to the movies the other day. I what'd you see? A Star is Born. Oh, did you guys talk nerd. about this? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, you know what's funny? I thought it was a great movie. You know what's funny? Did you cry? I cried. Do you saw it? I'm a crybaby. Like the entire time. The entire movie. Without giving anything away, it was. I thought. Uh, Lady Gaga did a great job, and the other guy, Bradley Cooper, is phenomenal, man. Yeah. That was, they they killed it, I thought. And that was, uh, I didn't, I don't remember the original, but this was harsh, man. This was harsh. From like right? the whole entire movie, not yeah. just, you know, some movies, the ending is here is like sad. It's like the entire movie, it's just, it's not that it's sad necessarily, it's just emotional, you know? Well, you're crying. Oh my God, the entire time. So have I went. You, well, have you seen Instant Family? <laughs> Can you Ray see that? Let me know if you cried that because that was supposed to be a comedy, and I, I was crying. crying. I um, but when I saw, I saw with uh, me and my boyfriend went, and he was telling, he's like, "Oh, that movie was so good." And he's telling all his friends, he's like, "I saw this movie, Stars Born." Like, are you kidding me? You went to go see that? Uh, <laughs> I guess no, it's a really good movie. I cried the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. I thought it was a good movie. Really, really good. And I, I, I like uh, Bradley Cooper, and I, I just yeah, think he did a great job. And they, they even have one of his songs i heard on the radio the other yeah, day yeah the songs in the movie were so great. good i like went on and I, I went on spotify and i was listening to that yeah, some yeah, of the songs great. from it they were really good um star is born i saw creed 2 that was creed good that? it was great yeah, i gotta go see that i haven't seen it. did you cry in that was there anything to cry i about? did not but the most emotional part of that for, for me was westbury stadium 12 movie theater had popcorn with like Cheeto cheese on it. I was emotional about that. It was so beautiful that popcorn. Wow! It was so Cheeto good. Cheese, wow! It was really cheese good. Whiz. Is it cheese? It, it was whiz? like sprinkled like on, like an orange kind of cheese wow. sprinkled onto it. Surprisingly amazing. The movie was all right. The movie was good. It was. A, it was. Well, he's got expect. the formula. I think TV series I've been watching uh, Black Sails. Black Sails. I watched Ozark, like you said. Ozark yeah. was, that was good. really I good. I thought Ozark was great. But then I, somebody, uh, one of the PT guys I use, recommended Black Sails. And it's it's pretty good. Started out a little slow the first two, but now it's it's cranking. Did you write that down, Chris? Who does production? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Good good character development. Uh, you know, it's a pirate movie based on like the Nassau in the Bahamas and the English coming to take over oh, really? it's pretty good i think it's uh got some reality to it and it's funny because they're not pirates you know dressed up in the garb these are just guys that are yeah, yeah. like gangsters like technically thieves. Yeah, it's a, right. yeah, thieves. but you know it's not bad it's really good really really good i don't want to give it away did you see homecoming anybody no that was pretty good wow, uh, um, who's that uh Julia Roberts. Oh, that was a long time ago. There, uh, it's an Amazon series. Oh, all right. it's That's uh, they I they take to um, no, not there it is. They take to uh, a veterans helping veterans. Wink, wink. Oh wow! And, and in some sort of experimental program, that was pretty interesting. It sounds interesting. I've been watching Hassan Minaj. Who? Yeah, who? He's a great Menage political. Menage Yeah, he's a wow. great he's political. Like, excuse me. Nicky Minaj. I've been watching Nicky. some Menage. She yeah. says, whoa. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. 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 The heavy breathing Dr. Sherry coming in hot. Menage Everyone type that into your search engine right now. That's the Dr. Sherry's watching. Here we go. When that's starring Nicki Minaj, no? I was saying, sorry, what were you watching? I stole your joke. No, that's all right. Can't tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure none of you guys have really been on uh, 90 Day Fiance. No. no. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> what? It's Is like it Minaj? 90 days. <laughs> Basically, they it's uh, someone from America that's been dating someone overseas that they met online, and then they <laughs> and then they come to America and they have 90 days to get married so they can get a visa. Oh, but there's not like a. It's like a reality marriage. show. Yeah. <laughs> It's a modern day arranged marriage, but yeah, I thought there was going to be a twist where, like, you you date them overseas, and then when they get here, you realize it's not no. them at all. Well, it's sometimes, a lot of the times, it's the people from the U.S. are like uh, talking to people from overseas, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I have this big house," blah, 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 um, and they come, and they're like, "Uh, this isn't exactly what you said." They're like, "Maybe I'll, I'll go back to Mexico. <laughs> it wasn't so bad there. <laughs> so bad." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's gotta be. That's, that's gotta, gotta be. be right, you gotta Absolutely check it out. You would wrong. love it. <laughs> I said in a big house. I didn't say 
I left out an apartment in a big house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> left out a drink. <laughs> a little bit. That's like my I, guilty pleasure. I left out my pom pom hat. <laughs> that poor guy. Is, what's he? What's he doing? That poor guy. He's getting attacked from all sides. I tell you though, he never. You know that hat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That hat never came back though. That hat is. Peer pressure has been successful. <laughs> Let's send that hat to oh. Sarah. So <laughs> his, his Krista producer could. Uh, We're all going to wear it. Yeah. Ray, I got one for you from uh -oh. Zach P. Subjects 2019. What do you see for Weidman and your other fighters for 2019? And what do you see for the UFC? Any chance some of your fighters will do a North Cut and Jump organizations? Hmm. Well, yeah. they're all. Good question, he, Zach P. He, yeah. he didn't just so. jump. I mean, he, he fought out his <laughs> yeah. contract, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. He probably could have stayed if he wanted to, I'm assuming. But, look, I'm going to say this for now, and I think this is the climate. If you really like fighting, this is what you like to do, I would just go to the highest bidder at this point. Sure. Like, yeah, it's not, like, if you have options and, hey, listen, you might have five fights left. You might have three fights left. You might as well maximize that wherever you have to go. And, again, this is what you love to do. Um so I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Chris might be going in for surgery. He's got to schedule surgery uh, for December 26th, and they're going to see if uh, surgery some of the, for what for his neck. So they're going to see if some of the medication can't clear it up before then. But if if it can't, if he can't get the the uh, weakness, that, you know, the strength back in his arm, they'll probably do the surgery. So I don't know what he's going to be doing in the beginning of 2019. But um, he definitely wants to fight again and. For these other guys, you know, I think uh, only time will tell. But, you know, while these other organizations are out there and if they're offering decent money, I think that's going to be the route to go. You know, and I was always a, a huge UFC. I mean, I've been a company guy sure. for years, you know, behind the scenes, obviously, as a trainer. But it, I just feel like the climate, I, I'm just, I can't put my finger on it. It's just... I don't know. I wouldn't want to be negotiating for anybody. I could tell you that. It seems like they're just telling everybody, oh, take the other deal, you know, so. It it seems like they're they're in a uh, in a tough spot. Again, I, I from the business aspect, I would love to see some of the, the thought process behind some of the decisions they're making. There's always missing components. Like, you know that there's a factor somewhere that we're not seeing that right. that are leading to some irrational decisions. I right, right. I'd love to I'd love the to, forensics of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. I would love to know what's going on with that. Do, do you just think that because they've been a monopoly pretty much so long that they're riding it based on that? That they really I think, think that, that just everybody wants to be in the UFC, much like everybody wants to fight at MSG or... I think that there's a there's a, um, a a very similar aspect to when a fighter trains and trains and trains and they fight and train, 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 and they fight and then become a champion and then somehow the wheels kind of come off. They they know how they have become masters at wanting to become a champion, but then don't make the adjustment to maintain that championship. Yes. I feel like that happened with the UFC. They had a, a, a series of executives that knew how to grow, some, grow something to a point of success, but don't know how to maintain that success when you have other people coming back on you. And that takes a different type of executive experience and a different kind of panel. And I don't think that they have that. Yeah. That would be my guess. And, and look, just, well, that's usually what even with all this being said, look, the UFC, they did a great job. Fantastic. They really did. Like, I, want, I don't want to mis be misunderstood. No. They did a great job, and especially guys I've trained, life-changing money for these they, guys. So it's but they what created you're saying, the, right. the opportunity for but these it other seems companies like, to be huge. Sure. It seems like, man, if you didn't, if you weren't there, if you're just coming in now, I don't know, man. It's it's it looks tough. It just looks like a tough go, man. It looks like a tough go. It looks like again, uh, again that they um, they just have to manage it differently. You you. you you also, I mean, when you when you become a champion, you see this again with champions. Um, they start spending and living like they're going to forever be champion. Yeah, well, I think that's, and, that's and then right. so as some of this happens again, it's again that same similar behavior, but from a company. They're not the first company to do this. It's uh, it's I think they just have to I'll make some you, adjustments I'll, I'll and they wouldn't have to panic so much. What's going to be a critical fight for this? What we're talking about is Jones Gustafsson. If that fight can't do 
really decent numbers, I'm saying that we're in big trouble. Big trouble. And I'm not sure it's going to. I, th- I think they would ease up on the fighters, again, letting uh, um, them getting their own sponsors and stuff. I think loosening up like that would help the fighters where you'd have a fighter who going in, regardless of what their win their their win money is, they can pick up more money. Yeah, the, the problem uh, with that now, Steve, is the numbers on TV aren't going to warrant what they used to with those sponsors. You know, they used to do look. I'm almost sure when me and Matt did the show, and even when Matt did season four, it was like two million views a week, one point eight million. Two. They're not doing six hundred thousand now, five hundred thousand. That's that's a that's a million viewers. But you know what that equates to? If you're an advertiser, those guys, yeah, they were doing good advertising. Sure. You know, but now I think that game's going to change because if the numbers aren't there, just like selling commercial time. Well, how many how many people are going to be watching this thing? Forty million is it the American Idol. So you know the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, twenty thousand. I I'll take out an ad in the penny saver. <laughs> no, seriously, I might reach more people. No, this is a, it's a problem. I'm so yeah. I think now that they've been away for so long with that, who knows if those numbers are even the same? It'd be interesting to see how how it shapes in in twenty nineteen. I think that that competition is going to help the UFC. I think it's going to help them sure, make. Always, a, it's it's going to make them help them make adjustments and and really do something great for their fighters and 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 help understand that taking that loss, you know, from the business aspect, taking that loss and giving your fighters more money actually helps you in the long run. They got to play a little bit longer game for longevity here because that's what that's what the, the other thing is. is does doing. anybody know when the Reebok deal ends? That's I think yeah, well, it's coming money. up. I feel like now, what the sooner they the they're, better. They're when fighters have their no, when, when when fighters have their own, so you take a fighter like Caitlin who has her own Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Plus, she's going to be on TV to uh, X amount of people. With all those things, you she, a, a, a fighter could pick up a few thousand here, a few thousand there, a few thousand this. I can wear this. Hey, I'll wear this during my you know pick up some and and maybe uh, uh, augment their own salary that way. I think that would be tremendously helpful. Take the pressure off the UFC because they're not going to help you do that. You'll do that yourself. I think that'll be uh, uh, super, super helpful. While speaking to, uh, about Caitlin, we had another question for Caitlin from another Cor- way. Two questions Corbin Crane. Wow. Hey. Oh, man, Buddy. this is popular. The buzz. The buzz. For managers Corbin writes, <laughs> Caitlin, when you're not competing, what's your diet and exercise routines? And who do you got for Joanna and Shevchenko fight? Oh, big stuff. Um... Okay, for the fight, I have Valentina winning. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be an extremely exciting fight. I think they're both strikers, and they both tend to be a, uh, more counter-strikers, so I think that kind of, you know, that might just be kind of like standing and training a little. Yeah, yeah, just because of, not because either of them are boring fighters. They're both really exciting fighters that I love to watch. I just think that their styles the way they match up together, you know. But um, I think Valentina's just got a little bit more explosiveness and power. And she's, you know, Joanna's not going to be able to push her back like she does with a lot of the other straw weights. But, um, yeah, that's for that. Uh, diet and training outside of fighting. My training pretty much stays the same. Like, where when I'm done, I'm like, all right, I'll take a couple days off until, like, This any is what li- you do. Yeah, I'm, like, obsessed with training. So, like, if I, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till my camp's over so I can just hang out and not train. And then I'm like, all right, Monday, you know, I'm like, wait, I don't have – I don't really have a life. Like, all my friends are all, all my friends are at the gym. What am I gonna do? All your friends are pro fighters. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go to the gym. But um, so the training wise stays the same. Diet does not stay the same. Like when I'm in camp, I'm like weighing my food every day. Uh, like I don't eat anything. Like I have a food scale that's like permanently out, and I weigh everything. Um, so I'm pretty like strict with with the diet and everything, and then. I don't weigh myself or food until a no- next contract is signed. I don't want like anything to do with that. You know, I just, I just like that. I don't, I can make my own decisions on foods and stuff. And it's more food for me is more of like the, um, like, you know, it's more of like a social thing. It's kind of, I like cooking and I like going places to eat, especially around here. There's a lot of places to eat, a lot oh. of good food. So what's your favorite restaurant around here? Um, well, I like in I think it's technically Copag or Amityville. There's a Italian restaurant called Mamos. 
that I like. And I'm a pizza that I'm obsessed with is I think they have them all over Gino's pizza they have a yeah they're all over. grandma grandma's pie with olive vodka sauce and that's what i'm getting the second wow. i get back i've been a thinking grandma's about it pie yeah with olive vodka yeah. sauce well, you know, pizza. pizza can do that to you you uh, have to get you it well done easily. Yeah, easily you can write easily you thinking about it. Yeah. yeah you have to get it well done but uh but yeah i kind of like anything yeah that's, so that's tra- that's food does not stay the same complete opposite yeah so do you try see so do you try to keep a busy fight schedule so you don't get too far off track? Yeah, I mean, ideally, like, when I – my first year in the UFC, I fought four times. I was like, this is amazing. I like this. And then um, and then my fourth fight, I tore my labrum. So that put me out. And I was like – that was my first, like, injury. And I realized I was like, oh, man, like, this sucks. Like, you know, now you can't <laughs> yeah. fight for almost a year. Um, I think I went, like – I think I went, like – seven six or seven months until i fought again which was like a quick turnaround from that but it kind of just made me realize you're like all right well if you're not injured like let's go i'm training anyway so you know for me like i don't have kids i don't have other distractions so it's like you know i want to fight as much as i can right now so if i'm not injured take advantage of it as much as you can while you can yeah yeah and that that would be my recommendation to anybody take it last long yeah take it now man seriously yeah how how far off do you allow yourself to go in terms of weight? How how much do you vary? Um, I would like to say like ten to fifteen pounds, but honestly, I don't even weigh myself, so I really have no you idea. You just like know when you feel blah. I can, I mean, I can kind of tell, but like I, when I'm done the fight, I don't even like to weigh because I'm like, it took me that long to get my weight down. I don't want to see how in like two or three days, <laughs> it, that's it. Like that. So I'm like, what am I just supposed to like? you know, be on a crazy diet forever, you know? So usually I'll be like, I'll let myself go. I'm like, all right, I'm going to weigh myself next Monday, next Monday. And then I'm like, all right, no, I'm just going to diet, like wait, go back on my diet for two weeks and then weigh myself. So I got a little bit lower, but, um, I probably like, you know, in around 15 pounds over 15. Yeah. Like I would say like, anywhere between like 15 and 20 but those five pounds are like what was the heaviest you ever wore in your life um after my shoulder surgery i, I got up to like 154 yeah, that's not bad but for women it's harder to take off though. yeah yeah but yeah luckily this is my third fight back at 125 so i think like this time it was a lot easier because it was like my third time in 10 months pretty much like making 25 so i think it was a lot easier because my body's like, all right, we're doing this again, you know. And you mentioned PJ, mm-hmm. striking coach. Uh, I know I see Fight Shape Ricci yeah. do all the time. Do you have a team of coaches that you use regularly? Yeah, I'm kind of like a gym gypsy. I'm all over the place, you know, just because where I live. I used to live in Jersey. Now I just moved to Long Island. So I had to make that adjustment for this camp. Um, but, yeah, I train in South Jersey twice a week with uh, Mark Henry and then I do most of my training at Henzo's. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like all over the place. Like, and I do Henzo, Henzo's is so central at this point. It, yeah. You can get there from anywhere. I mean, yeah. it really is. He's got by far the best location for a gym you could ever mm-hmm. ask for. <laughs> it's right there. I mean, you just get off the train, <laughs> you walk through right, yeah. right, right through the yeah. parking lot. Crazy. Yeah. I don't have to. Like, I, before when I was actually living in Jersey, I was driving way more than. I am now living in Long Island because there's just two days a week when I'm in camp. I go to South Jersey. If I'm not in camp, I'll go there like once a week. And then, um, yeah, I can do – I work with PJ for Muay Thai pads and stuff at Henzo's. So I can kind of double that up with jujitsu. So it's like the first time yeah. I've been able to do two things in one gym. So that's like one less gym I have to go and to. And in that building at any given time are some of the best fighters. In yeah. The world. Yeah. For me, it's really good too because like being, you know, a female – sometimes and like when i would train all the time in south jersey it was a smaller group and not as many girls so when it comes to like jujitsu you know there would maybe be like 10 15 guys on the mat um some of them aren't necessarily my size some of them have fights coming up and i can go to henzo's and any day either you know twice a day there's like at least 60 people on the mat that only do jujitsu so the amount of you know partners that i have available are just so it's crazy Caliber yeah i don't even quantity. have to ask oh are you going to train because i'm going to make sure i have a training part i just go and there's there's people there there's always visitors there's always like especially even just for females there's always females from like 
all over the world coming yeah. and visiting. So I kind of get that like, all right, I don't know you. Let's go. We're going to train together, you know, on a on a regular basis, which is really awesome. Love it. So UFC 231, December 8th, headlined by Holloway Ortega. Who you got for that, Ray? Man, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I like, uh, I love Holloway. I don't know, but somehow somebody told me he wasn't sounding good on Matt's podcast. Like they thought something was off. Oh, again. really? So again? I, I'm gonna let whoever told me that sway me towards Ortega, believe it or not. But I, I do like, I really I like. I, I look, too. I like both guys. I, I really they're love both, what, what they're both really, do. really nice guys. But I just at this point, I just hope Holloway's in a good spot. Do you do fight picks at all? Yeah, but I'm not very good at it. You do okay. now. <laughs> do now. Who you I, got? Oh, I'm no, actually got really Valentina. bad at it. Well, yeah, you got right. Valentina. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Holloway. I think he's got more experience with the with the championship fights. I actually had a dream last night that I was at Fight Week and I was for some reason driving a car and I hit Max Holloway and not wow. like I wasn't going this guy, very. This guy's got enough problems. I wasn't going over in the car. I wasn't going very fast, but enough. No wonder to just, it didn't sound great. Yeah, yeah enough to just kind of yeah. like tip Did him you, over and he tripped and was injured over. and he was out of the fight and everyone like hated me. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that was last night. So you oh, gonna... that was last night. Yeah. That was last night. So that's the dream that tells you to yeah. come in at 125 flat. What was that? That's the dream that tells you to come in 125 flat yeah. in case one of uh, Valentina or Joanna exactly. can't make it. Yeah. So Definitely. that you're ready. Yeah, that's I'm allowed to. That's a good point. That, that's, that's the dream that's telling you to come in 125 How's Ray Janelle doing? Ray Janelle looking good. Another he December great... 15th. Yeah, he's ready to go. Is that the last Fox fight? That's the last Fox fight there is. That's going to be a great fight, man. Yeah, that's going to be a really good fight. That's going to be right an now. He's in a great fight. spot. Just keep him that way, and that that will really be a good fight. Both guys are good, and I'm I'm excited for the fight. He looked great tonight. So interesting. I wanted to ask you real quick a tweet from Josh Thompson. He said he said uh, 125 weight class is done after TJ Dillashaw. Uh, versus Henry Cejudo from all the UFC executives I've talked to, and he also said the 165 pound weight class is replacing it. You know I anything about that? Never heard that. I heard about the obviously the 125. Yeah, me too. Not being, I never heard nothing about the 165. But I got to tell you, man, the last couple of nights of fights, the uh, flyweights look good, man. I I don't know if that's a. I I think that's a, a mistake. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, look, even in boxing, the lighter guys never got attention. You know, you had to at least be like, oh, yeah, 35 probably. The, the Roberto 35 and the 47's got all the attention. Yeah, but I don't know. So 165, I'd be excited about that, though. That would I be like great. That. I like that weight. Yeah, I like that. there's some people who are caught in between yeah. there. Yeah. Definitely. Would be exciting. Anyway, those those seem to be the most stacked weights and and uh, the most exciting fight so that'll be interesting to see how are we doing chris who works production how are we doing on time what i mean are you kidding me caitlin caitlin comes in and time flies it's amazing <laughs> amazing i'm glad i didn't keep you guys too long folks make sure you check out on it on it.com slash mma beyond and of course if you already use on it take an extra 10 percent off by using our promo code MMA Beyond. You can f- listen to Ray Longo on the Anakin Florian podcast. Um, I'm just a professional podcast. You are. You are. Yeah. You can reach him at uh, Ray Longo MMA. And of course, in the details of, of the show that you're listening to right now, I have the links there. I'm Steve Maraboli, one word. Caitlin Chikagian. Chikagian. You can reach her blonde fighter. That's one word. And that's uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Twitter and Instagram at Blonde Fighter. You can check her out on December 8th, UFC 231 in Toronto against Jessica I. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks We're for cheering for me. you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I mean, we got to, you know, Jessica I is also trained in the gym. So, this is, you know, I got to root for both people at this point. You're rooting for both. <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to well, be pro. Professional. <laughs> wow. I tell you. Not this this room, room died. Do you have anybody you like? Anything you want to plug? Any sponsors? Anybody you want to say hello to? Your mother and father? Anybody? 
They're, they're definitely listening. They're, they all they, listen. Oh, for sure. They, they listen to everything. Wow. They're oh, like thank you MMA so much fans. for listening. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Chikagian. Now you, you feel you bad a, for saying Minaj. You did yeah. a, oh, You yeah. see, oh, yeah. Dr. Sherry? I didn't curse tonight, did I? But you I'm did sure a, you did. You did a great yeah, job you with did, your daughter. Actually. She's a pleasure. And, and she really has a great personality around the gym. 100%. Always, uh, yeah, just intense. Good, good spirit. In this no, gym, there's know. no surprise she is where she is right now and headed towards great things. Folks, make sure you check out Blonde Fighter. That's one word on Instagram and Twitter. Check out UFC 231. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much. We'll what catch you next the time. Doc? Did we mention that? Oh, Wait, boy. you didn't turn it off, did you? No, no, no we're, we're still, still going. Oh, we're, we're still going. Look, look, Chris, who does production for the show, oh, wow. almost pressed the button. That's fine. Hey, you're as good as that ref that didn't pull off the Tyson Fury fight. <laughs> <laughs> he did really good we with We came that. up like The Undertaker. Hey, unbelievable. You're the Dr. Sherry show, but do you have, uh, what else do you have? Yeah, we're, we're is it the Dr. Sherry show? Breaking it down. We got a big episode coming up, too. Oh, wow. What big is episode. it? With uh, Dr. Barry Jordan. We talk a lot about concussion and CTE. And it comes out the same time as this. So when you're done, just listen to our show. Oh, really? Yeah. No, is that, yeah. is that Michael so wait, Jordan's father? By any chance? No. <laughs> no, there's actually a big conspiracy about that. I want to make sure because I, I yeah. Caitlin was asking me before the show. <laughs> she, was, she, that, so. she was curious. Mm. What about CTE? <laughs> Yes, so uh, we're doing a whole whole production on the, the difference between concussion. People are worried that all concussions result in chronic traumatic encephalopathy. We're trying to clear up some of the myths about, about both. How about CTE and its correlation to PTSD? That's, that's a great question. Um, there are some some For my brothers and sisters who serve. Yeah, wow. yeah. Who, um, have, who have, well, there are, certain, there are certain behavioral things that come along with that. That's right. Behavioral patterns that change. And if they, we could find that. That connection. Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, CTE itself is a pathologic diagnosis. So um, that's really just an autopsy finding right now. And there are certain um, symptoms and signs that go along with that. And, and so what they're trying to do is now find the, the connections. And uh, then between the two. And I love that. So check out Breaking yeah. It Down yeah. podcast. And what about also, the people at uh, GTE? Do they it, well, have to worry or about the CTE? correlation yeah. no, this is, to I the pom-pom hat. Yeah, right. If there's some sort of correlation to pom-pom hats. Oh, there's definitely a correlation. I believe it. <laughs> Folks, this is MMA and Beyond. We'll catch you next time.